Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Rinkside Rundown Podcast, your ultimate destination for all things women's hockey with your host, Chris Sinclair, proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to the Rinkside Rundown Podcast. Today, I am incredibly excited to be joined by Michaela Schreider, and Vanessa Sanchez, co-hosts of She's Got Game, available on TSN 1200, a show all about highlighting the amazing women playing the sports they love. Welcome to the show. How are you two doing? We're great. Thank you for having us. This is so exciting. (laughs) We're very, very excited to be here. Thank you for having us. And I'm sorry again about the dead plant back there. I really am regretting that choice of having a dead <laughs> just call it out right away i just yeah it's there you know what let's address it let's address the elephant in the room right off the bat i love <laughs> I that. had to yeah no that's yeah. fair that's fair the good news is it still looks alive from this distance so okay yeah true. i still call that a win thank you so much there's two <laughs> leaves on top that i think are still intact we're good <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've set the tone for this interview. So yep. This is going to be great. This is going to be great. I love this. I love this. So, um, I can't. You, uh, I can't stress enough just how much I've been looking forward. I wish that when I had said when I had asked for you two to join me on the this episode that we were recording the next day because I've been so excited to have the two of you on. I've been sitting anxiously every day excited about having you two on this is the biggest podcast episode we've had and i'm so excited for uh for you two to be here for us to be able to get a, to to learn a little bit more about you your uh your pre-media career your current career get a bit of an idea as to you know what you're thinking about the pwhl and then we have a great fun game at the end to to really you know just like loosen things up you know i'm i'm really excited about that Oh, us too. Us too. I love a game. Okay. Is there yeah. a chance to Vanessa's win? Vanessa's very good at games. Or, yeah, I love well, Yeah. <laughs> I get really as soon as, Michaela, as soon as you were saying she's really good at games, uh, Vanessa was like, is there a way I can win? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if there's no winning, there's no point in playing. Yeah, right? exactly. She is going to be terribly disappointed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's dive in. Uh, this is uh, a you know a hockey related podcast. You two host a sports theme show, and so I think it's only natural that we start off with what it was about sports that grabbed your attention. Let's let's throw it to Vanessa first. 
Oh my goodness. I'm actually the wrong person to start with. Um, because I mean, I've been a sports fan my whole life. I grew up in a sports loving household. I didn't play very well. Um, but, uh, I like tennis, golf or my sports. I had to stick to, uh, individual sports cause I took the losses in team sports too hard. And my parents had to take me out of soccer at the age of five. It was a whole thing. Um, but I've just I've just loved sports my whole life. Um, worked kind of in sports um, since university, but the show specifically is it was Michaela's baby. Michaela was the one who who started this. She has a very long history of um, of sports media, and I mean, you take it away, Michaela. Like you, she's got game. Is your brainchild. Well, before we before we get into that though, because oh, okay. I, I definitely want to be able to highlight that. Yeah. But say that you're not you're the wrong person to start this conversation with, but I would say you're actually a perfect person to start this conversation <laughs> with because you're a fan, right? So True. you've been a fan. So like it, just because. So I, I'll be honest. I played sports kind of mostly mediocrely um, throughout the my, throughout my career. Um, but that, but I've been a fan for my entire life, and and I think there's value there. So, what was it about about just because you weren't playing sports? What was it about sports that like drew you in? What was it about you know? What was it uh, was it the the you know team aspect of it? Was the strategy mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff? Yeah, I think like. I think I have a natural competitive streak. My dad is the sports fan and my mom is the competitive one. And so I just like came out as a monster of the two of those things put together. And like it just I think sports are one of those. It's like the thing that brings my family together. I'm very family oriented. I have a very Mediterranean family, Italian and Spanish. And so we spend a lot of time together. Every story I have revolves around them in some way. And I, like I just that that's the thing that that brings us all together and so to me sports is like one of those one of those family things one of those comfort things like if I'm not feeling great if I'm sad if I'm whatever like I put sports on TV and then I'm good um and now like if you it's said, a like, Jets game does that make you feel better Listen, Vanessa deserves extra credit. She's a Jets fan. I am so sorry. I am yeah. so sorry, but I yeah. it just shows your dedication to sports. It sure does. I chose yeah. I'm from a Steelers household. My dad's a Steelers fan, but I chose to be a little bit different as a child, and I've had to live with that decision my whole life. And it's not cute. It's not fun. But this is the life I chose as a sports fan, and the New York Jets are it for me. That's <laughs> <laughs> but that's what sports is all about. You put your team, you <laughs> yep, stick with it, you bleed yes. your colors, and yep. even if they aren't great, uh, it would be a stretch for the Jets. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not, not to <laughs> add salt to the wound. Um, Michaela, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, what what was it about sports? You know, we'll, we'll leave uh, She's Got Game to a little bit later because I, I really want to be able to talk about how that started and, and the relationship between the two of you. Um, but what was it about sports that really grabbed your attention? Yeah, so I I've played sports pretty much my entire life. Very like uh, mediocre, mediocrity, medi- medi- mediocrely, yeah, whatever the word I, is. I, Clearly, I, I work I, in the media. Yeah, I, I set you up for failure on that one. When I, <laughs> I've I've never been very good, but I've I, I've played hockey uh, since I I think I was five years old when I started playing hockey. 
And the only reason I started playing hockey was because like I lived in a very small town in um, deep into the Ottawa Valley. And all all of my friends were boys and they were all at the age of five. That's when you start playing hockey and they were all starting to play hockey. And I was so jealous of all the stuff they were getting, like all the equipment. And so I was like, I want to play hockey. No idea why. I just wanted the stuff that they were getting. So my dad, who's a huge hockey fan, who had been like waiting since the day I was born for me to say I wanted to play hockey. He like left the house and did not come back until he had every piece of a hand-me-down equipment from his friend's kids uh, for me to wear, which is wonderful. And so I started playing hockey then. I was the only girl uh, obviously playing boys hockey at that stage. And then we moved to a different town and I was one of two girls playing hockey in my boys league. Um, but I just, I, I loved it. I fell in love with it. I was having so much fun. My parents kind of threw me in every sport to see what I would like. Like I played hockey, I played soccer, I played t-ball, I think. But hockey and soccer were the ones that I stuck with. And um, I think around the age of like 13, I played I played competitive soccer until about 13 or 14. And then I had to kind of choose That's when summer hockey became a thing. So it was like, which one do you want to do? And I, I went with hockey. Um, and yeah, my, my, my dad is a huge sports fan. My mom is not. So he and I like would just watch hockey all the time together. Um, and I remember when I was eight years old, uh, the Nagano Olympics were happening. It was the first time that women's hockey was in the Olympics. And my dad like sat me down in front of the TV and said, you have to watch this. And I had no idea that like women could play hockey as adults, let alone on TV. So it like completely blew my mind. I fell in love with Haley Wickenheiser right then and there. And she has been my idol ever since. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of, like, that's how I fell in love with women's hockey specifically. Obviously I've been a Sens fan uh, growing up in the Ottawa Valley since I was a kid. I have much like Vanessa's relationship with the Jets. It's not exactly uh uh, happy memories necessarily, but, uh, I digress. Um, and I've, I really kind of grabbed women's hockey was what pulled me into women's sports in general. Um, and you know, at London 2012, uh, everyone remembers the semifinal game between Canada and the U S and women's soccer. I fell in love with soccer then, and I've been a massive soccer fan since then. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've just like, I've always been a big sports fan. Hockey was kind of my main thing, but over the last about, I'd say 10 to 12 years, I started to gravitate more towards women's sports in general, just because it became more available very slowly. Um, and it was, it was amazing watching people I could relate to do these amazing things versus like, you know, the, the men that male athletes that I grew up watching. But, um, yeah, that's kind of, that's how I got, fell in love with sports. And again, it hasn't always been good times, but, uh, you know, we made our decisions and, and we're here now. And now a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Durant Barristers. Durant Barristers is a proud supporter of women's sports and is an inaugural sponsor of the ringside rundown podcast. Durant Barristers provides legal services for athletes, coaches, officials, administrators, and sports associations of all sizes, from minor associations to national sports organizations and professional sports environments. We routinely assist with safe sport complaints, investigations, anti-doping, harassment, discrimination, abuse, and governance matters. We also provide representation on general civil litigation matters, including employment, and business disputes of all sizes. Durant Barristers founder Aaron Durant also provides mediation and arbitration services to assist in managing disputes in a timely and affordable manner. 
Durant Barristers has generously offered their best ever discount to fans and supporters of women's hockey. Mention the Rinkside Rundown podcast to, wait for it, receive 15% off all your accounts with Durant Barristers for the duration of your relationship with the firm. To learn more about Durant Barristers, visit www.durantbarristers.com. That's www.durantbarristers.com. Thank you to Durant Barristers for sponsoring this episode. And now, back to the show. Yeah, and Vanessa can, can relate back to, to that, so. <laughs> Can we go back to the um, Hilly Wickenheiser uh, idolization for a sec? Do you want to yes. show off the tattoo? Just like sure. while we're here? If she ever sees this, she's going to get a restraining order from me. But yeah, I have a, a tattoo. <laughs> oh, look at that. Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh. It's got 22 on it for Hilly Wickenheiser. I've, it's funny. Like I've met her. I'm lucky enough to say that I've met her a few times. I've interviewed her a few times. I've hosted like in-person uh, interviews with her in, in conferences and stuff. And I've never shown her that tattoo because I'm terrified <laughs> of what she's going to do. Um, so yeah, she may, uh, she may end up getting a restraining order after she sees this. It was a good run while it lasted though. So that's yeah. good. Thanks Haley. Love you. Yeah. The badge of honor. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. That's incredible. How long, when did you get that tattoo done? Uh, well, it's a good question. I want to say 2018 ish. So oh, about okay. five, six years ago, but if, oh, if memory serves, was it 2019? Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank God you know. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> um, that's fantastic. So uh, I'm going to throw it back to you, Michaela, as well. When I ask, what are some of your favorite sports memories as you were growing up? God. Nagano would obviously be one of those. Nagano's definitely up there because it was like the catalyst, right? Like yeah. it it truly did change my life. Um you know, it, it's pain. It's a painful memory, bittersweet a little bit yeah. because Canada lost. But I, I mean, Salt Lake City in 2002 is definitely up there. I, I remember um, watching the women play and watching the, you know, Canada win in America on American soil when everyone was was favoring the Americans to win that one. And and the like, you may recall that game. Like the refing was terrible. Haley Wickenheiser was so fired up after the game, and it was just an absolutely chaotic chaotic game that Canada thankfully came out with the gold medal and I was so excited and I went to school the next day and I was like telling all my friends Canada won the gold medal and everyone's like yeah but the men what are you talking about the men the hockey game is is in a few days because no one was watching women's hockey unfortunately and it's it's crazy to think now how how dominant women's hockey is it's it's just nice to to see that but yeah I, I remember that distinctly being like one of the highlights of of my childhood and Similarly, like kind of, I always say like fandom is often born out of trauma Um, and the London 2012 semifinals, despite the result is still like one of my favorite sports memories because it felt like in a day Canada went from maybe not knowing much about women's soccer to being a women's soccer country. Like everyone was, you know, we ride at dawn for Christine St. Clair from that day on. And I know that like, she was very well known before that, but me, a non-soccer fan wasn't too familiar with her. And at the end of that day, like I, I was in love and I've been a massive soccer fan ever since. Like that was a total game changer moment. 
and then fast forward at, you know to a, another favorite memory would be when Canada eventually won gold in Tokyo um I always I always tell a story like I did not cry on my wedding day but I <laughs> sobbed when Canada won gold like just openly wept by myself in my living room um because I was so happy for Christine St. Clair we were my also dogs. dealing with like extreme sleep deprivation because it was oh we were watching the Olympics. We were watching all of the Olympics in the middle all of the of night it. for two weeks. And we were up we were at four in the morning. Yep. So Vanessa and I were just though. texting each other nonstop. <laughs> I didn't hear from her for like five minutes after that game. And I called her because I thought she had died. <laughs> <laughs> I was genuinely worried for her well-being. Yeah. My dogs still haven't recovered from that tournament. Like my, my dogs pick up on it. I'm sure many of you know, if you have dogs, they pick up on energy. And my girl dog was like visibly stressed out with, from me watching that game. Like it was, it was a lot, but yeah, that's, that's definitely up there is one of my favorite memories. That's incredible. I love that. I love that. And it, it feels like it's so, and we're going to get into this in a, in a moment, but it feels like it's still very vivid in your mind. Oh yeah. 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 It's, I remember yeah. that day. My God, it really does feel like yesterday. Like I'll I'll never forget it. It was just it it was so awesome because like you know we knew we were nearing the end of Christine St Clair's career, and it was we were getting dangerously close to like her never winning a major tournament, and it just meant like I remember in that moment thinking like she did it like she can no one can ever take this away from her she got a gold medal. Um, and, and of course, like beating the Americans on the way there was kind of the gold within the gold. Uh, that was a lot of fun as well. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I just like what, what a great, it, it, the, the only heartbreaking thing about that whole tournament and that, in that game is that no one got to be there to watch it. Cause it was still obviously like during COVID and there were no fans in the stands. That's the only thing that kind of sucks, but like, what a great memory. Yeah. Well, as a fellow Sinclair, I always, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always partial. Is there any relation? Uh, you know what? I I, I haven't uh, inquired, um, but I'm just going to assume. Yeah, absolutely. Let's yes, let's, yeah. let's run with that rumor. Um, mm -hmm. I'm down. <laughs> uh, the best part about having a, a last name as an athlete, uh, the same last name as a famous athlete, is that you get jerseys without having to pay extra to get them personalized it's, it's funny you say that because i'm like you, I've, mm -hmm. I've been able to get some jerseys i'm like oh great news i i didn't have to pay for the customization on that one so that's great news. <laughs> there you go i have sanchez blue jays stuff oh, okay. I, we have sanchez new york jet stuff yeah it's great some, some are better than others but um, yeah. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> um vanessa why don't you uh why don't you share some of your uh, favorite sports <sighs> memories growing up i'm it's it's so unfortunate that most of my favorite sports memories are around men's sports, or as we like to call them on the, on the show, boy sports. Boy sports. Um, there's women's sports and then boy sports. Um, but a lot of my, a lot of my memories just because that is what was available to us growing up was just mostly boy sports. Um, but you know, no shade to boy sports. Cause I do love them. And that's what got me into watching sports. I mean, Oh my God, I have so many, like, I have memories of just like very mundane things. My my dad's a big F1 fan. And so I have like very vivid memories of just random Sunday mornings waking up to, you know, to that sound and and Michael Schumacher winning again and hearing the German anthem and the Italian anthem again every Sunday morning like that just is ingrained in my memory from being a kid. Um, we watched a lot of golf. Uh, I remember... 
Mike Weir winning the Masters. Um, that came at a, a very emotional time for my family. My grandfather was a huge golf fan, and and he had passed away a couple of weeks before. And so watching a Canadian win for the first time um, was like an incredible memory. Uh, watching Fernando Alonso win his championships was so huge. Um, the miracle at Medina is still like to this day my greatest sports event of all time the this is the the Ryder Cup in 2012 um when Europe came back from like a huge deficit to win on the on the Sunday just yeah just like a lot it's a random sport to be so obsessed with but my family is obsessed with golf and so many of our best memories come around golf um yeah, I'm trying to think of my others. My God, there's so many that just like, oh my goodness, I can't even think. Michaela, can you think of any stories I've told you about? Like, well, anything involving Serena or Venus Williams. Oh my God, yes. I got to see Venus Williams play last year for the first time ever. I saw her play live and like amazing. She, I was, <laughs> I was always a Venus fan over Serena. Again, I don't pick, I don't always attach my carriage to the fastest horse but i love that woman i love that woman so much i think because we both had v names and Mm. like she was the older sister and i was like obviously she's the coolest one and then serena was just the best but anything involving them god i love those two it was a a tough couple weeks for our show last two years not last year but the year before 2022 uh, Sue Bird and Serena Williams retired within days of each other. I'm obsessed with Sue Bird and Vanessa obviously is our resident tennis expert. And while she did pick Venus, she's still a massive Serena Williams mm-hmm. fan. And I think we were in mourning. Like I think our show was just <laughs> yeah. nothing but like uh, de- depression for a, yep. a couple of weeks around that time. I feel bad for everyone that had to listen to that. Oh, <laughs> we just waxed. Po- I think we had like two entire episodes, one devoted to Serena and one to Sue, where we just yeah. like took up an entire 20 minute segment. And yeah. Like, it's just some sort of eulogy to them, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that th- this brings up a, a really great point in that um, when it comes to sports, you can remember like exactly where you were, what you were doing. Uh, You know, for me, the the first one that comes to mind is, you know, the golden goal, uh, Sidney Crosby. There's also, I was a big hockey fan growing up. So that's mostly where my memories come from. But the other big one for me as a Sens fan was when Alfie scored the overtime goal and sent the, the Sens to the cup final. Like I remember where I was I was on crutches because I just had knee surgery and I was over at a friend's place. Uh, I was helping them move, which really meant I was just more supervising than anything else. But um, I I remember who I was with when that happened. And so what do you think makes sports such an impactful thing for in people's lives? Oh, man, that's a good question. That is a good question. Like I, sometimes it's not even the sport itself. Sorry, Michaela, but like no, 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 go for it. 
like I was my family was talking about it recently. Like I remember so vividly watching um, when Saku Koivu came back from his cancer treatment. And like I don't remember anything about that game. I don't remember a single thing, but I remember the impact that he had as a player on my brother, especially. He wore number 11 because of Saku Koivu. And he used to call his name is Zach. He used to call himself Zaku Koivu. And like it just like it was so impactful, just like the the storyline around it. Sports, the sport itself is one thing, but then the the storylines and the the emotional attachment that you get to players, to coaches, to teams is what makes it like so a part of you. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, Michaela, what do you think? Yeah, that that's such a good point. I th- I think it's like like the community that you build around it, like whether it's with your family or your friends, like Vanessa talked about her family being a big sports family. Like that's kind of like a bonding point for them. I know like with my dad and I growing up, it was the same thing. And, and, you know, you, you create, it's, it's something that it's a common place that you can have with someone, you know, that, that allows you to bond with them a lot. And I think that's why sports, you know, people really gravitate towards them. It's also like, we talk about this a lot on the show, but like sports are a microcosm of society. Right. And and while it is an escapism for a lot of people, there are also a lot of really impactful moments that have happened in sports that have nothing to do with the sport themselves. Right. Like Mm -hmm. calling Kaepernick kneeling for the anthem. And then that kind of trickling out elsewhere. We talk a lot about what the U S women's national team has, has done for equality across the board. And, and um, I, I, I know a lot of people want to, you know, we'll make the argument of stick to sports, but I actually think it's when we don't just stick to sports in sports that make it so impactful because you can Mm -hmm. see literal societal change happen through sports sometimes. And, and I, 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 I know that probably makes it a lot more serious than we wanted to, but that's something that's always really grabbed, uh, grabbed my attention, but, but also it's just like, it's pure unfiltered drama. You, it's unscripted drama that you can't get anywhere mm-hmm. else. Like the most wild situations that that no reality TV show could or, or soap opera could ever replicate, and you get to watch it. And, and I think that's why we remember so much of where we were because you know Alfie scoring the overtime goal or the golden goal, like that is you know a moment that we all like leapt out of our seats for, and and you know it brought so many people so much joy um, because you know because of a, a hockey team or because of a, of a, a, a silly little game, but like it brings people joy. It's, it's just, it's so much fun. And, and yeah, it can be hard and heartbreaking at times. Um, but I think that it just gives you this, this unscripted drama that you can't get anywhere else. And now a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by sports nutritionist, Melissa Bufunos of MB performance nutrition. As a former competitive hockey player turned nutritionist, Melissa's mission is to help the next generation of hockey players optimize their health and diets so they can perform their best on and off the ice. Ready to dominate on the ice? Melissa's new course, The Hockey Nutrition Blueprint, is opening soon. If you're serious about learning how nutrition can impact performance and building actionable nutrition strategies based on your unique needs, as an elite hockey player, get on the wait list today. Learn more and sign up at melissabufunos.com slash course. That's M-E-L-I-S-S-A-B-O-U-F-O-U-N-O-S dot com slash course. Thank you to Melissa Bufunos 
for sponsoring this episode. And now, back to the show. Yeah. Unscripted, although sometimes I love a conspiracy theory. Oh, yes. And I'm still convinced that sometimes things are scripted, but we won't get into it. Oh, I feel like you <laughs> have to now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you can't just drop that mic and then walk away from it. I think it was just very convenient that the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl again. But anyway, oh, I think it's then. also very convenient that Pittsburgh got the first overall pick in 2005. But here we are. Yep. Agreed. As, as 2006. Chosen, 2006, chosen, sorry. 2006. Five. Then five six. was Ovechkin, right? Okay. And then, and then 06 was six, Crosby. And then because it was the season five was started. The, 05, the 06 is the lockout. So 06. Okay. Thank you for following along. There we go. We got there. We got there. A little bit of a roadmap, <laughs> but it was great. It was, it was yeah. a great adventure. Um, <laughs> but I think I think to your point, like we're seeing that, especially, um, and we're going to talk about the PWHL in a bit, but uh, we, we see that, you know, sort of community building behind, uh, you know, yes, women's hockey in general, obviously, but especially with the PWHL, the interactions that people are having, whether it's at a live game, whether it's on social media, the communities there are being built and it's just, it's actually not necessarily about the wins and losses. It's about players. It's about memories. It's about experiences more so sometimes than, you know, you could go to a game and you end up, you know, the team that you're cheering for loses, but you still can, you're stable, still able to connect and uh, relate to uh, fellow fans. And you, th- th- there are friendships that are being built just as a result of the excitement around teams. And I think that's that's one of the things that I think about when it comes to sports is, like you both have said, it's not necessarily just the product on the ice or product on the field or turf or wherever, but it's actually what's happening in the stands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's so true. It's yeah. like we, Mikhail and I went to um, uh, Canada soccer, the Canadian women's national team played last September in Toronto. And uh, it was for, it was an Olympic qualifier against Jamaica and they won thank god um but like in our cheering this woman in front of me was like she was going in for the hugs and the high fives and like i don't know this woman at all but in that moment we were best friends like she yeah i was gonna pick her up yeah like that just i love that atmosphere and you see it so much at pwhl games like oh yeah people are just so excited (laughs) yeah i agree Mm-hmm. Um, I want to turn a little bit, uh, I always like to do a, at least a little bit of a segment on highlighting the careers of the people I'm getting a chance to t- chat about. So we're going to do that here. Um, so you both, uh, work in communications at the Ottawa hospital. So that's great. Um, as well as, like I mentioned, you, uh, co-host, she's got game on TSN 1200, which is a fantastic show. I listen regularly, really, really genuinely enjoy it. I want to know, um, and it sounds like earlier, um, it sounds like I should throw this to Michaela uh, to (laughs) learn a a little bit more about the origin story um, behind how She's Got Game uh, started. And then to both of you around what it means to be able to tell the stories of all these, uh, of so many amazing uh women's athletes yes absolutely um okay so it's gonna sound like a long story i promise i promise it all it's gonna be like how i met your mother this does connect i promise (laughs) 
Um, so to tell the story of, of, of She's Got Game, I have to rewind a little bit uh, to when I was in college. Again, <laughs> follow me, folks. Um, when I was in college, so I went to college for public relations and uh, they talked a lot. Of, this was like 2012. So like, you know, social media was really blowing up and blogs and stuff were a big thing. And they always told me to like, you know, start a blog, get your writing samples out there. And I was a huge hockey fan. So I started a hockey blog and it was crap. Please don't look it up. It was awful. But that led to me getting a writing gig with Silver 7 Sentence, which is the SB Nation uh, website that covers the Sens. So I moved back to Ottawa. I got the gig with them and, and I, I wrote for them on the side while I was doing my regular job in communications. And I did that for a couple of years. And then Ian Mendez started a show on TSN 1200 called Advanced Chats, where he brought on bloggers to talk about hockey. He wanted to get that perspective. Ian's always been very forward thinking. This was not something a lot of people were doing. And, and so he wanted to kind of bring this, this different perspective into the radio. And he had me on a couple of times and they liked me, apparently. Um, he had myself and and uh, a woman named Shyla Anwar on, uh, I think, it, at, at least once. And they were basically like, you know, we really like you guys and we want to get you on the air more. So they gave us a show called That's What She Said, which we had on TSN 1200 from, I think, 2016 to 2020. Uh, when the pandemic hit, a lot of those kind of one hour shows per week got canceled. So unfortunately, uh, that's what she said was one of them. But we were on the air for about four years. And then the pandemic hit, I was off the air for a solid year, did some filling in here and there, but nothing really consistent. And then, you know, over the years, I had covered the CWHL a little bit through my work with TSN. And Robin Flynn in Montreal had pitched the idea of a show dedicated to women's sports and they were looking for a co-host. So they reached out to me to see if I would co-host and Robin and I had kind of crossed paths in, in covering the CWHL. So I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And so that's how she's got game got started. Um, we did that for about a year and then Robin went on maternity leave and I was looking for a co-host and Vanessa and I have been friends and worked together for years and she had worked at the gist and I knew she had sports background experience. So I asked her if, if she wanted to join me for a year as my co-host and, uh, we have been co-hosts ever since <laughs> uh, Robin ended up not coming back and uh, Vanessa ended up being the full-time uh, co-host of, of she's got game. And uh, I, I, again, like it was great. It was so amazing working with Robin and like, she really deserves all the credit for starting the show. This was her brainchild. Um, and Vanessa and I were, were, were really excited that we got to continue working together. Cause I think we do have this really great chemistry that uh, is, is hard to replicate. Um, so that's, that's kind of how we got, where we are now. I promise. I promise it, it had a point. <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 all, it all connected. So it was great. Yes. <laughs> Mikhail is good at a yeah, yeah, full circle yeah. story. Yeah. I usually go on all the tangents. She brings me back. <laughs> but I genuinely thought I was signing up for like a couple of weeks. I thought she needed just like someone to fill in for a few weeks, just like Robin was going to pop out a kid and then be back. I don't know how that works. And then a few weeks went by and I was like getting more used to it. I'd never done radio before. Um, but Michaela obviously was like an old pro and it really was just after I got over that, you know, that like initial nervousness, um, it was just like talking to her about sports like we do every day. We see each other every single day um, in during the week and also usually on weekends. too. <laughs> like we're just we just talk about sports all the time and we hang out and and it it just translated really well into radio, I think so. And I will say Vanessa's giving herself not enough credit because she picked up radio real fast and it is not easy. People don't 
a lot of people, whether it's podcasts or radio, they don't get how hard it is. And Vanessa hit the ground running, man. Like she immediately, it was great. So do not sell yourself short, ma'am. Stop it. I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, 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 shows, it, it shines through from episode one all the way up until right now, right? Like the two of you absolutely clearly throughout even just this episode showcase <laughs> your chemistry with one another and, and how comfortable you are like bouncing off of one another and correcting each other and knowing the other person's evident uh, evidently their lives and all that sort of stuff like it, <laughs> it's 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 that's that's what this is all about right so it's uh, it it shines through i i promise you um vanessa just to, to kind of ask like what was it like those as someone who's now just more recently getting into podcasting and and this sort of thing, what was it like for you the first little bit of, uh, when it came to joining the uh, joining the show and and going on radio? How did it feel? Terrifying. I I I will say this now because I've been doing it for two years. I hated it. I had nerves for like a solid month. Um, the Thursday, yeah, the Thursday because we record on Thursdays and like the entire day. And I shouldn't even say this either because like. I work with Michaela during the day too, but like I would barely get any work done at my day job because all I could think of was like, oh my God, I have to go on the radio now and Mm -hmm. talk about sports. And I like imposter syndrome is a real thing. I still feel it, but I really, really felt it in the beginning because I didn't feel like I deserved to be on there at all. Like who am I just coming on the radio talking about sports? I'm literally nobody. And so it was a lot of like fighting off imposter syndrome or just pretending it didn't exist. Um, and like, I, I can sit and I can watch an entire game and, and know everything that happened. And then you put a microphone in front of me and I'm like, who won? My brain would just go numb. And it, it was like that for a while, but I took, I took notes from Michaela. I took notes and wrote notes and, and just, you know, tried to prepare myself as much ahead of time. Now I actually find that having notes deters me from this like free flowing conversation and us just like riffing off of each other. So I try not to write as many notes anymore just because I do feel more comfortable. But in those beginning days, I would like read verbatim from my paper. (laughs) So I was so nervous about getting facts wrong. That's another thing. Sometimes you just say stuff wrong and that's okay. Sometimes you're wrong. Sometimes you're wrong. It happens. (laughs) That's that's incredible advice. Um, uh, again, as someone who's uh, more like very new to this space, I found myself as I've kind of progressed through podcasting. You know, I've done a few a number of interviews, and the first couple of interviews I've done, like I I don't know what I'm doing uh, at all. Like I, I know that I have to ask questions, but I'm trying to create like <laughs> engaging, fun dialogue, and like I don't know what I'm doing. So I would, I, but I found myself reading like the questions verbatim and sticking to those questions and not really going off script. And the more you do it, it just becomes natural where you're like, you know what, the the script becomes less your foundation and more just kind of like, um, or like the questions, not necessarily the script, but it becomes more of like a backup. So you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know what to ask next. Or maybe the interview isn't going quite where I was expecting it to go. Let's now re- re- like uh, refer back to the questions that I had rather than using those questions because then it's just like like you said it's just like free flowing let's have fun like the the more organic you can make it the better the answers the more fun people have just in the interview 
but obviously it's, the, it's about the listeners as well too right and they engage mm -hmm. more with just like let's just let's just hang out like it's just yeah. about hanging out right and if you mm -hmm. if you view it in that regard i'm still nervous every time i do these things <laughs> but it becomes a little bit easier when i'm thinking about it like just kind of uh just kind of a hangout exactly yeah i yeah. just we just love to hang out yeah, exactly. Like it's it's like it, it's so true that you know the best interviews, the best podcasts. It feels like a conversation, mm -hmm. and I and I think uh, my boss at, at TSN, uh, Jr. Uh, John Rodenberg, he he gave me really good advice early on. He said like the the best training is reps. Like the the more you do it, the better you get. It it does take time, um, and the best thing you can do is just keep doing it and and not be too hard on yourself. But like like Vanessa and I kind of alluded to, like yeah, you're gonna be wrong sometimes. It's gonna happen. Like don't dwell on it. Just kind of move on. Correct yourself wherever you can. Obviously, be prepped. But like you know, it's it's you're gonna make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. Uh, it's it, the best kind of ex the best practice is just doing it. And and I think um, I, again. Vanessa, your nervousness never showed it right away. Like you honestly sounded great, but like, I, I, you know, you've obviously grown a lot being on the air. I know like all of us have, um, the, it's just, it's something that comes with experience and, and the mm -hmm. best thing you can do is just do more of it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Now I realize that we skipped over like a, a fairly significant, um, part of your lives, which is, you know, something called post-secondary, um, you know, so, um, as someone who dropped out, this was less significant for me, but very significant for the both of you. Um, Michaela, you're a graduate of Humber college and Brock university. Vanessa, you're a graduate of Carleton. First mm -hmm. off, oh, Ravens. Yep. There you go. Um, I actually know the guy who designed the logo, which is wild. Um, no he says it. I don't, I still don't believe him. He's told me that for years now. I still don't believe him. But um I, I'll, I'll give him a shout out anyways um, um but first of all what went into your decision to choose that school uh whether it was college or university um Vanessa why don't you go first um I wanted to not spend too much money and stay home with my parents and so <laughs> that really was I actually I took a couple of years off after high school um, I wanted to make sure that I was going into something that I actually wanted to do. I didn't want to waste money. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, so I took a couple of years off. I actually started working at the Ottawa Hospital right out of high school in like a um, a student job, basically like a, a casual position. And then um, I did apply to other schools uh, when I was ready to go to university. But Carleton was just – it was down the street. It was very close. Um, my cousin went there and I don't know, it just, it, it seemed like a good option, especially I was in communications. Um, when I first started going, I did a bit of a Van Wilder thing. It took me seven years to graduate, but that's cause I, <laughs> I started full time and then I was like, Oh, I really like it here. I'm having fun. So I bumped down to part-time worked throughout and then just like, yeah, dragged it out for seven years. Um, and my parents also said, as long as I'm in school, I could live at home for free. And I was like, I'll take you up on that. And Make I did. you meet your words on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I found a loophole. Um, but Carlton is just like, I know everyone's heard it, where the K stands for quality. Like everyone gives it a bad rap. I loved my time at university. I loved Carlton. The campus is, I mean, it's, you know, there's old and dated bits to it, but 
the the fact that it is like so compact in one section I love that about it. Everything was nice and close. I also worked in the athletics department. Um, I worked at a student job. I worked at the front desk of athletics. And then I eventually worked full time um, while I was still in school as a, a marketing coordinator. And I just like I felt so at home at, in the athletics department. Um, so, yeah, it really was just it was it was a matter of convenience to go to Carleton. But the best choice because I loved it so much. I'm a very proud Raven. I, I, no one could tell. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Michaela, uh, what about you? Yeah, I, I wish I had like a really good story about why I chose Brock, but I'm going to be 100% honest. I knew I wanted to take communications. Um, it was either communications or psychology. I ended up with majoring in communications with a minor in psychology. Um, and I always thought I was going to go to Carleton. I got into Carleton. Um, but I went to a Brock meeting just like on a whim. And whoever the woman was making this presentation should get a raise because she sold it like nobody's business. And I, wa- I walked in that room knowing nothing about Brock. And I walked out going, I'm going to Brock. And then I just went to Brock. Like it was purely a gut feeling. I knew nothing about St. Catharines, Ontario. I knew nothing about really like the school aside from the presentation I had just been given. I knew they had a good communications program. It just it was a gut thing. And I, I went there. I loved it. Um, again, I, I don't, you don't hear people say this very often, but I loved living in St. Catharines. <laughs> um, I loved that area. I met some of my closest, I met some very good friends, uh, there who I, I still have in my life now. And yeah, like I, I had a blast and Humber was a little more of a conscious choice because when I was graduating from, I was in my fourth year, like about to graduate from Brock, and it, I think a lot of university students go through this, depending on your major, obviously, but it becomes very apparent to you that you have zero practical work experience. And I apologize, my dogs are barking. Um, but it, it becomes apparent to you that you have zero practical experience when you leave university. Like, I can write you a 15-page paper on Marshall McLuhan and his theories and communications, but I cannot, I do not know how to function in a professional environment. So I started to think of, uh, they have graduate uh, certificate programs through college. So you have to have a university degree to get in. It's like a one year kind of intensive course and they teach you kind of everything you need to know, um, uh, about whatever field it is like in a, from a practical standpoint. And so I decided I wanted to go into public relations. It just kind of seemed like a cool fit. I really liked, I wanted to work in media, um, Humber was known for their PR program. So I applied, I got in, thank God. And I will say like my time at Humber was only eight months, but it's probably one of my favorite like times of my life. And I met my best friend there. I met tons of friends who are, I'm still very close with now. Got such great experience, ended up with an internship at Chio here in Ottawa that led to my career in healthcare. Um, and yeah, I, I think I learned more in eight months than I have in any other time of my life at Humber. <laughs> um, so I, I really, really enjoyed it. Good. I'm glad, man. Uh, now I feel like I shouldn't have dropped out so quickly. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't regret that though. Um, but, uh, so, I mean, you both have shared some of, you know, the experiences that you've had and, and obviously clearly those experiences help lead you to where you are now, which is you know, you're, you're killing it. Everything you're doing is absolutely incredible. Who were some of those maybe professors or mentors who really helped impact you during your time in university or in college? 
and, you know, really helped encourage you along. Um, I'll, I'll just throw it out there. Whoever wants to go first can go first. That's a really good question. I do right off the, oh, sorry, Vanessa. No, you go first. Okay. Cause I, I do have one. I had a writing professor at Humber. Her name was Kayleen Morgan, um, who well, I think she was the program director as well. And, and she, she was just an amazing teacher. I learned so much from her, but she was, she was really good. She would take like 20 minutes at the beginning of every writing class and just give us advice on working in public relations. Cause the one thing about college courses is like you're being taught by industry professionals so like all of my professors were people who worked in public relations or marketing for their entire careers and we're now kind of in the later stages of their career and we're teaching and so Kayleen was a was a public relations professional and she would just give us like career advice uh like like rapid fire almost at, at the beginning of every class and she was uh, some of the the best advice I ever got was was in those little like conversations and those sessions. And she was also very real. Like uh, I remember someone asked the online system that we used for like submitting papers and stuff was going to be um, going under maintenance from like 9 p.m. on Saturday to 9 a.m. on Sunday. And uh, this class was full of go getters. So they were like, what are we going to do? Even though it's like overnight on a Saturday, calm down. And she was like, oh, I have a solution. Um, go clubbing. It's Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good answer. Like, yeah, exactly. She she was so great. And like, I still, when I go to Toronto every now and then I'll get together with her for coffee. And like, I just admire her so much. So yeah, she was like, probably one of my most influential professors. As she should be. Absolutely. Vanessa, what are you, uh, what are you thinking? Mine's a bit of a downer, actually. Um, I had a professor, I had him for two classes in university. His name was John, John Rainford. And um, he taught uh, emergency communications. Um, I took a, a one class with him and I didn't really know what to expect from this class. It was one of the ones, you know, in your, you got to fill up like a certain amount. And so I just, I took it on a whim and I loved it so much that I took another class with him. He was an incredible human being. He was so, so smart, but so easy to listen to and to learn from and to talk to. Um, he had worked with the WHO. He had worked on the Hill and and he just had a ton of experience. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, we were working in, in healthcare. I was working in healthcare at the Ottawa hospital. And a lot of what I learned in his class was all of a sudden like very, pertinent to what I was doing every day. And, um, and I actually, a few months into the pandemic, um, I went to write him an email because I wanted to thank him for, for everything he had done for me um, to, like, I, I really think he was very, um, he was inspirational in me choosing to stick with healthcare communications. Um, and unfortunately, he had passed away the year before. He had had a heart attack. He was quite young. He was in his 40s. And um, yeah, so he he passed away before the pandemic. Um, but he is someone that like will stick with me forever. He was an incredible professor. Oof, that's, uh, yeah. that's a good one. That's a good one, though. Sometimes it's like, <laughs> you know, uh, you, you wish that you had that opportunity to circle back yeah. and be like, hey, listen, like, <laughs> You did so much for me as a person, yes. uh, mm -hmm. and it sucks when you're uh, when you're not able to do that. But I yeah. know that he knows just a, the impact he made on your life. Absolutely, for sure. And yeah. and I know I'm not the only one. Like he was one of those professors that I know he stuck with everyone who took yeah. his class. Yeah, yeah, he's a great guy. And now, a word from our sponsor. 
I would like to take a moment to talk about our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. And now, back to the show. Michaela, you had kind of mentioned this earlier, but I want to know, did you both know that like media and this life was something you wanted? Oh man. Um, it's, it's funny. Like, I think it, there was a point when I went into communications, like, I think I kind of wanted to go into in some way journalism, but I realized, you know, I, I was in university from 07 to 2011 and then college in 2012. Like that was a really big time of like, transition in in the media space and I think I kind of learned that journalism specifically may not be for me just because I I wasn't sure of where the industry was going but I knew I wanted to work in media in some capacity so like it's funny I work on media the media relations side in my regular job so I'm on kind of like one side of the fence there and then I'm on the media side in my TSN job so I'm on the other side of the fence which has given me this very interesting perspective of like when I'm doing media relations, I know what the journalists are looking for. And when I'm doing the media side of things, I know what the PR people need to hear from me in order for me to get what I want. (laughs) So (laughs) it has given me this like both sides of the coin, but I don't know that I ever expected. I definitely like, I want, I knew I wanted to, uh, I always dreamed of being in the radio. Like I grew up with radio. So like it was, it was a really big thing for me. Um, I don't think I ever would have expected to actually be on the radio on a regular basis. So I'm very, very grateful for that every day, especially, you know, just given the landscape of media and how much it's changing. I'm, 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 it's not lost on me how lucky we are to do this. Um, so yeah, I don't know that I ever expected it, but I'm, I'm happy that we got here. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I'm happy you got here. Yeah, so, so, so am I and so many other people as well. So absolutely, yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, Vanessa, what are your thoughts? I never expected it, for sure. I don't think I uh, really had much intention in ever being um, in in the, the public-facing part of communications or, or sports at all. Um, I do love writing, and I think writing about sports has been something that I've done for a long time. I didn't start quite in university, um, like Michaela did with her blog. But um, in 2019, I started writing for The Gist, uh, which is a sports media company. The whole shtick was by women for women, um, but talked about all kinds of sports in that. Um, they were a tiny, tiny company when when I first started with them. I was their, I think I was their second or third employee. Uh, it was like the three founders. Um, and um, 
Michaela actually signed my, she witnessed my contract. Do you remember that? I was like, I had, I had been working at the hospital for like a couple of months and then I had been reading this newsletter. It was a, an email newsletter um, from the gist. And one of my friends was like, you should apply for it. And I was like, okay. So I applied for it. I had to write two um, like sample newsletters. And then I drove to Toronto for a day to, to interview with them. And they offered me the job. It was a part-time writing gig. Um, but I came home and then I was in the, ho- in the hospital, in the office one day. And I was like, I need someone to witness me signing this contract. And so you signed it for me, Michaela. Um, and Did I, I sent you really? To them. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> I don't remember uh, that at all. That's hilarious. Because I remember you being like, yo, I read this. And I was like, I'm going to yes. write it. Yeah, I remember when I I remember vividly you I thought you just told me you write you wrote for them. I've apparently (laughs) blocked this out in my mind. But I remember you being like, Oh, yeah, I write for the gist now. And I was like, Oh, my God, I read the gist every week. And I had met with one of the founders. That's right. I think we had her on on at the time. That's what she said. Um, And I had met with her coffee. And then we had her on the show. So like, yeah, it was a like crazy small world. Yeah, very small. And so yeah, so I wrote for them for a couple of years and I loved writing for the gist. Um, and I, I left to do hospital more full time and, and I'm still sad that I don't write as much as I would like to about sports, um, or at all really, but like getting to talk about it is just as cool. I feel like I am a better communicator through the written word. I talk bad sometimes and things don't come out the right way or the way I intend them or want them to, but writing just rest assured i'm a much better writer than i am a speaker i it's like to just, i should have prefaced this it's, whole it's thing endearing. With that. it's endearing it's endearing <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i want to go back to um uh, she's got game for a moment mm-hmm. okay i want to know you know speaking specifically about your show who were you know what were some of or who were rather some of your most memorable guests Christine Sinclair. Christine Sinclair. Yeah, wow. Really playing the host on this one. Yeah, yeah. Your your sister, uh, Christine Sinclair. Um, (laughs) We've we've been so lucky. We've had a lot of really great guests on. Um, Like, we, you know, in terms of like the Mount Rushmore of women's sports, if you will, like we've had Christine Sinclair on, we've had Marie Philip Poulin, Haley Wickenheiser, Jaina Hefford, Carolyn Willette. Um, you know, some uh, Diana Matheson, um, some of the biggest names in like, like historically in women's sports, which I think we're so, so lucky and that it's so Mm -hmm. crazy to me (laughs) that we've got to interview these folks. Um, and, and also we've had like some interviews that just with amazing people who like, like, like I, I, I know it's recency bias, but we interviewed Lexi Agia about a week ago and like, I'm still reeling from that interview it was one of the best interviews i've ever done she was so much fun and she was so like kind and uh exciting to talk to like 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 she had she had such great energy and and passion and like i haven't stopped thinking about that interview since we did it and, we, and we've had so many interviews like that with with folks who uh with athletes who who you know we may maybe just were getting to know at the time and and ended up being just fantastic interviews um, so yeah, those are some of the ones that stand out to me, but Vanessa, you probably have more. The, 
the non-athletes are cool too. Like I love yeah. talking to athletes. We've had some really great ones. Lexi was, we smiled that whole interview. And then afterwards you're just sitting there like idiots. Like, oh my God, she's amazing. <laughs> um, but we've, yeah, we've gotten the opportunity to speak to like people who are involved in sports, but not, you know, not playing the sport. Um, Lindsay Dark Angelo has come on a few times. She covers uh, women's basketball and just like she knows so much. It's why you can ask her anything, throw anything at her, and she's got an answer for it. She's been so great. We talked to um, the U.S. ambassador to Canada, David L. Cohen, was like was on our show what like a month ago and invited us very kindly to the uh they did a, a pwhl celebration at the embassy or not at the embassy sorry at his home at the ambassador's house um and so we're kind of friends with him now we've decided um he's pretty cool uh, but he was he was so great to talk to and like learning about all of the things that he did in the in the you know the pursuit of this professional women's team or professional women's league um and you know he advised on he advised uh, the u.s women's national team uh soccer team on their fight for equal pay like the ways that he was involved that he is involved in women's sports is really cool so yeah we just get to talk to a lot of really cool people and now we're on this podcast this is pretty awesome yes Yes. Absolutely. Chris, you're up there. <laughs> you are. <laughs> it is so cool. <laughs> that's that's absolutely uh for the rest of my life, that will be a moment I will never forget. <laughs> you saying that. Uh putting me in that same conversation is uh absolutely incredible. Thank you. Uh not true though. Um I wanna know, we kind of and I, I believe Michaela, you kind of alluded to this earlier. Um the obviously the media landscape has changed right and it continues to change we saw some recent changes as well Re, um you know uh, the was it the beginning of this week something like that um where do you see where do you both see people and how they consume things like sports and sports conversation do you think it's going to be a lot more of these sorts of things where it's podcast, you see live radio still finding a place somewhere. Do you also, there's um, in the States, they have the th uh, three major media companies coming together, bundling their services. So they, there's only one app that you need where you can consume all of these different, um, all of these different um, sports, but not so much the conversation behind them. Where do you think uh, sports conversation is in the next you know, let's let's look at that crystal ball and uh, and, you know, in the next five or 10 years, where do you think things are going to be? Oh, man, that's a really oh. good question. Um, I think I think it is shifting. Like, obviously, I mean, it's not news to anybody that things are shifting online. Things are shifting. You know, podcasts are exploding um, and, and, and are becoming I think I think the podcast or radio aside, it's like people want to consume content at their uh, leisure, like, like when they choose to. So you want it on your phone so that you can listen to it when you're going for a walk or when you're driving or when you're doing whatever. I think that the consumer being a little more in control of when and how they listen is where things have, have started to shift. And I think where things are going, there is still, and, and maybe I'm biased because we are still on the radio in addition to being on podcast apps, I should say. Um, but there, there are still plenty of people who, who do listen to the radio on a regular basis. Like I grew up in a small town in the Ottawa Valley. I know that there are 
thousands of people in that area who will hold on to radio until you pry it from their cold dead hands. Like there's just a lot of people who do like to consume traditional media and, and they're still definitely consuming it. And there's still, you know, a huge part of, of the audience for it. I think it's just the younger generation is used to being in a little more of a little more control of, of when you listen to things, right. Um, whether it's TV movies or sports content, it's like you, you stream movies, you get to watch them whenever you want or shows or whatever. Back in my day, you had to wait till Wednesday at 8 PM to watch (laughs) Gilmore girls. And now you can watch it whenever you want. Um, (laughs) so I, I think it's, we're seeing that divide, but generational divide in, in media. So I do see it shifting that way, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just like, it's all it, the crystal ball is tough because like, it's hard to know, uh, you know, when that full shift is going to happen, it feels like we're kind of caught in the middle right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's a weird place to be in right now in the middle. I, I think of like, in terms of like interactive content, we are still, but we're really huge um, users of Twitter back when it was more of a safe space. And that was where I consumed a lot of my news and got a lot of content from from Twitter. And now it's it's kind of a hellhole. Can I say that on podcast? Oh, absolutely. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a hellhole. Um, we're still there. We're still very active on it, but it's it's it doesn't feel like a great space to be in anymore. And so in terms of like of social media um, for sports content, I, I don't know what's next. Um, I do use TikTok. I love TikTok. I love it, you know, for the laughs and the jokes. Um, but I do find that I'm finding a lot more sports stuff on there as well. And maybe it's just how the algorithms work. I don't understand science, but I'm, I'm kind of liking what I'm getting from TikTok right now. And yeah, from a, from a social media perspective, I think that's like, that's the, the current spot to be first yeah and I, I i that's a good point and i think that when it comes to social media it's much more as you you kind of alluded to the before you could go on there it was a safe space you could just like have some fun but now like you really have to be conscious of how you're curating that experience and mm-hmm. if you're not careful you end up in that hellhole you've uh, you've mentioned um mm-hmm. and i think um tiktok is a great example um i think of the you know Right now, it's all about quick, you know, quick content consumption. Again, like you said, Michaela, like when they they, it's on their terms, no longer on your terms. And I think that's where, you know, as much as I'm someone because I'm old, I like uh, I like my radio. Um, So I still listen to the radio uh, and I still listen to it regularly. And it's just like you put it on and you can just like it's that same time every day. You it's like a part of your routine. But for a lot of people, that's just not what it's about anymore. It's about like, hey, I'm going to wake up when I wake up and I will still want to have the content that I want. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why I think talking about this, especially as someone who's starting a podcast, is that, you know, what does that what does the future of this industry look like? And how do you kind of navigate that in order to be able to set yourself up and to be able to continue? I think especially for for you folks is as um, really important individuals in the women's sports uh, conversation to be able to set yourselves up for sustained, um, I was going to say success, obviously success, yes, but to be able to sustain that long term so that you can continue telling the stories 
of all of these incredible, uh, you know, female athletes around the world. And that's, that's why I think this conversation is something that's super important. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's such a interesting time. Like it's, again, it's, we're kind of caught. I'm the same way. I love radio. I grew up with radio and like, whether it's music or, or talk radio, it is still a, like something I listen to. And I realize that, you know, I'm a millennial, so I'm considered old now, but like, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to let go of that. It's also funny the way that things come back. So it's, you know, we'll, we'll talk about what's to come and, and what the future holds and like, you know, vinyl records are a huge thing now that I think if you had told someone 20 years ago that vinyl was going to come back, they would have been like, what? You're crazy. Cassette tapes are coming back apparently mm. with Gen Z oh. now. Wow. Yeah. I, didn't know that. I don't know Absolutely. how I feel with that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I should have held on to my collection. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. You um, and me both. <laughs> like, it's funny how like technology sometimes circles back and things become vintage and cool. <laughs> so like you never know where it's going to go. I'm not necessarily saying it's, you know, that's going to happen with radio, but it's, it's hard to predict. Fair enough. Absolutely. I agree. And I just want to say before I continue, once again, how much I appreciate the two of you coming on, uh, hanging out with me. This conversation has already been great. We're like halfway through and I wish I could talk to you for three more hours. (laughs) This has been, this has been fantastic. So once again, just thank you so much for taking uh, time out of your day to, to hang out and just chat i appreciate it thank you for having us yeah we really mean it we're we're like we're no big deal honestly and it's really cool <laughs> that you even wanted to have us here um and it's always great to talk to people who uh love women's sports and women's hockey as much as we do so we're very yeah. happy to be here yeah we'll talk later about doing this more often um so um <laughs> I want to know, uh, you know, we, we've talked about, obviously, the, the the media landscape is changing, which can be really discouraging for a lot of people who, like, just feel like this is something that they, like, when you know in your heart you're, you're meant to do something, and whether that's radio, whether that's podcasting, whether that's writing, whether that's whatever, um, this can be really discouraging. You know, when we see all the all of the changes, all these big names that you're so used to seeing in this space are no longer in this space, hopefully just temporarily. But regardless, not no longer in this space. What advice would you provide aspiring writers or media, you know, content creators that would help them to feel that this isn't necessarily the end, that, that, that there is still a future for them? Oh, man. Oh, I'm the last person who should be giving advice. Which means but... you're the first person who should. Because the last time <laughs> exactly. you said that, you provided a great answer. So. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you set the bar. This is your own fault. <laughs> well, I don't know if anyone should, like, take this too much to heart. But I think a big part of it, a big part of being successful is just, like, being yourself. I know that sounds so cheesy. But Michaela and I, when we hang out and there just happens to be microphones in front of us like we are being our most genuine selves we're minus I do swear a little bit more in real life than I do on the radio but other than that like what you hear is is who we are and I think that helps helps you be successful it, it being comfortable to be yourself is not always a super easy thing but listeners and content uh you know audiences appreciate that they can see through veneers um that are put up and and if you're yourself and you're very authentically yourself and 
the the fun that you're having usually shines through and I hope that is what people hear when they hear, listen to Michaela and I, because we're always having a good time. And I think that's why we've they've let us be on the radio for this long, because they see that we're just being ourselves and having fun. Great advice. Yeah, that's that's really solid. No, I've completely echo everything Vanessa said. Um, I think in terms of like like young people kind of trying to get into the media space, I do think it's as as tumultuous as it is right now and as as uh difficult as the media landscape is to predict i i think it's also never provided more opportunity for younger people because it's never been easier to go and showcase your work and practice your work in a public space like if you wanted to do that 20 30 years ago you had you, you know a lot of people got jobs behind the scenes and radio stations and then it was like five ten years before they even got to see a mic but nowadays you can just start a podcast you can start a youtube channel you can start a blog and like you're gonna be bad like we all are when we start but you're bad in a in a space where no one can see you <laughs> in the early days and you can practice and you can build an audience over time and as you get better your audience grows with you and then you've got this portfolio of work to showcase um that's all accessible online like the platforms are there for you to control as, as a young professional, which I think just provides so much opportunity. Um, and at the same time, you know, like, yeah, it's, it can be really daunting to look at this media space and, and, and wonder where your career is going. But um, I, I am hopeful, maybe I'm too optimistic, but I am hopeful that we will land somewhere in a sustainable media space because there, there has to be a space for news and, and sports media and all different kinds of media. Um, there, there has to be a space for it, right? We need information sharing. That's kind of what our society is based on. And I am hopeful that we'll find a, a way that, that a sustainable model at, at some point for this. So I think just, you know, do your best to showcase your work, build your platforms and, and use the opportunities and the tools that, that are available to you that are really more plentiful than they ever have been. Yeah. It's so accessible now it to, is. to just it, like TikTok. you go on TikTok and it's, it's exactly that. Just like a, you know, it's a lot of kids or not so young kids, like just trying it. And like you said before, Michaela, like reps, just keep, mm -hmm doing it over and over and you will get better at it and there you go yeah well i, I can now <laughs> for sure i'm uh i'm very inspired by what you two have said uh in regards to uh you know it may seem bleak right now but that doesn't mean it needs to be bleak for for any length of time right it's just it's about creating content that's authentic genuine and when you're able to showcase your passion when you're able hopefully to be some sort of knowledgeable about the topic. Obviously that helps, but uh, you know, you have great chemistry with your, with your, um, with your partner on the, on the show uh, like you two have, it comes through and people genuinely enjoy that and, and want to consume that more. Um, and so maybe that's just all it is. Maybe it is just podcasting and that's okay. Or maybe it's podcasting. Maybe it's YouTube. Maybe it's a bunch of TikTok stuff. Maybe it's some new, platform that I'll never understand as well um, <laughs> at some point as well. So, um, but that's, I know uh, truly I do feel inspired by um, what you both have shared. So thank you so much for that. Um, we're starting to see a lot more female led broadcasting teams. 
what are your, you know, what does it mean to you? Obviously, first of all, what does it mean to you to start seeing more of female led broadcasting teams, just like, you know, whether it's on radio, like the two of you, or whether it's on TV with especially the PWHL, like, what does that mean to, to actually see, you know, someone like yourself finally on TV, uh, well-deserved? I mean, it means everything. <laughs> like it's, it's the same as, as the sport itself. Like, and I know it sounds so cheesy, but it really is true. Like if you can't see it, you can't be it. And, and, you know, if you don't see people who you relate to doing things, then you never see yourself doing that. So whether it's watching like Haley Wickenheiser play hockey and realizing that women can play hockey as adults or watching uh, Jennifer Hedger on, on TSN realizing that that's a career opportunity as well. Like it's just the more exposure and the more diversity of all kinds that we have in media, the more people can see themselves reflected back and, and know that, you know, whether it's something they aspire to or just to feel more relatable to them. Right. Like mm -hmm. um, it's so important and it's always meant a lot to me growing up. Like I, I say Jennifer Hedger, cause like I, I remember when I was younger watching her and, and just aspiring to her she's like she and Kate Burness are like my my media idols and and you know watching them and and um seeing someone who you relate to I think it just it means everything and and I think it's great that we're seeing more of it whether it's men's sports or boy sports or or women's sports <laughs> um like it's so it's so important to have that diversity whether it's gender diversity racial diversity like it's really important I think in media to have as much diversity as possible so that you know you you're growing your audience at the end of the day and also you're making your audience feel more welcome and safer in this space so I think it's it's so important yeah, I agree. Jennifer Hedger actually recorded the intro for our show. So when you listen in, she says she's got game with Michaela Schreider and Vanessa Sanchez. And the first time I heard that, I recorded it. I took a Snapchat and I sent it to everybody I knew. And I was like, this is the coolest thing that has ever happened to me. Because she is like, she was one of the first that we got yeah. to saw yeah. to, to see on TV. And, you know, a lot of a lot of successful female broadcasters and, and media personalities that you see now have come on the backs of these successful women that came before us, like Jennifer Hedger. So yeah. very grateful to the ones who came before and super proud of the ones that are out there now. I'll never get over the fact that Jennifer Hedger said my name. Oh my God. It's so cool. <laughs> like, it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine what that moment must have been like. Where, like, it, it actually happened, and you're like, "I'm in a, That's I'm in a dream. This isn't, real. this isn't real. Is this real? Someone pinch me because I'm sure this isn't nope. real." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's let's you know let's. I think this is a perfect segue into you know the PWHL. This is a hockey themed podcast, so let's talk a little bit about the PWHL. And then we'll get to our last segment, which is a little bit of a game. And then, uh, you know, I'll let you uh, you two go. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. I mean, we could spend all day here. That's totally yes, fine with yes. us, too. Totally Absolutely. fine with me. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> let's, okay, so talking about the PWHL, just more broadly, what are some of your, um, we'll get more specific in a moment, but what are your some of your initial impressions of the league as a whole? Go for it. Vanessa, you want to go first to me? No, you go first. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> I mean, like, it's just, I, I, I'll never get over the fact that we have professional women's hockey to watch every 
day now. It's so, and like, I, I, I follow the CWHL and the PHF very closely and, and I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from those leagues that again, that came before it, that really we can't talk about the PWHL without talking about those leagues. Um, but how accessible it is, um, you know how how readily available it is in broadcasts like we never saw that before unfortunately like there just wasn't the marketing resources and investment put into into previous leagues that there should have been um but the fact that we get to watch like the best female hockey players in the world on tv or in an arena on a regular basis like that is so cool to me like if you had told me when i was 10 years old this was going to happen i wouldn't have believed you and and it's it's you would have tried harder I would have tried so much harder. I would have been <laughs> such a better hockey player than I, than I am. Um, but like, you know, Vanessa and I go to all the Ottawa games and I'm, I'm never not amazed by not just the crowd, but like the individual people I see in the crowd, whether it's like parents there with their kids, young boys or girls or, or a group of hockey, a, a young girls hockey team, or like a, a couple of dudes out to watch hockey or that's or my like, favorite oh, Just yeah, like a couple of dudes that night. warms yeah. my heart. Yeah. <laughs> or what really gets me is when I see a group of older women there who I know have been waiting just as much or just as long, if not longer than I have for this and how I know how much it means to them. Um, so just in general, like I can't, I'll never get over how cool this is. And, and I'm just so happy the league is here and we finally get to watch these amazing athletes play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I think it's it's been it's been done the right way mm-hmm. and and that has led to its success. And I'm I'm really happy that it it's it's rolled out the way that it has. Um Michaela and I have been asked on multiple occasions if we're surprised at all by the success of this league, and nothing about this is shocking. Like this is the the product is there, it's always been there, but now that it's being marketed so well, um, it it is incredibly successful. And it, like Michaela said, just so, so happy that we get to see this. We get to, to witness this, to experience it. You know, once a week we go to the rink and, and get to watch professional women's hockey. It's incredible. It's so much fun. The games are electric, even though I have yet to be, at, because I am the curse, I've yet to mm-hmm. see... Uh, the thunderclap at the end of a game of yet to see a home win for Ottawa, but it's fine. We're going to get there one day, mm-hmm. maybe this weekend. We'll see. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just, I'm so, so happy. And I'm so happy for the players. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know them, any of them personally, but I am, I have parasocial relationships with all of them. And I'm so happy <laughs> that they get to have a league to play in. It's so great. Yeah, and I think, you know, as someone who's I'm I'm lucky enough to have been able to connect with whether it's PWHL players or players uh playing in, in Europe, and they all say the same thing, right? That they're they're incredibly excited and happy that the league is being received as well as it is, but they're not surprised because they're at no. games, they're playing in these games all the time. They see the fans, whether it's a smaller stadium or rink or a larger one, they're seeing the fans, they've seen the fans turn up throughout their entire career. So while they're happy and they should be, they're not surprised. And that's why, uh, you know, I always, I do ask that question because I think it's important to, to be able to sit back and, and reflect on, you know, what, what does this moment mean? And, and for a lot of people, they didn't know how good women's hockey was. And especially with women's hockey, you know, the physicality aspect of it, 
the, you know, just how skilled these players are. And a lot of them, you know, it's not just the the big names that you're used to seeing. It's also those, you know, those role players, those maybe the backup goaltenders, you know, all of all of those other people as well that just make this sport so incredible, uh, so incredible to watch. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things that when you see a game, whether it's live you're in person or you're watching it on TV, you watch one game and tell me you're not hooked. Tell me and convince me you're not hooked because you will Mm -hmm. be. Absolutely. We talked about Lexi Ajia before. Like her personality is so incredible and that never would have been able – we, we would have never known that as a society, if not for this professional women's league. But even like, you know, I, I am convinced she will play for Team Canada, um, the, the senior women's team at some point in her career. And it doesn't allow for the same level of individuality and personality um, when you're playing for a national team. But we're able to see it in the PWHL. Like we have been given the gift of Lexi. Yeah, yes, the gift of Lexi. <laughs> Write that on a T-shirt. That'll that'll be. Yeah. Um, no, she has so. a merch line. Yeah, <laughs> we just gave her a great idea. Um, but that's I think that's that's also a great point. Is that you know we're used to we especially when we're talking about hockey, we're used to the NHL, which is so cliched. Like it's like you talk to someone, they don't want to necessarily. Not all of them. There are exceptions, but they have they've been asked the same questions a million times. They have those cliched, oh, you know, it's we got to play a full 60 minutes. You know, we got to chip the puck in. But then you get a chance to talk to a, to a player like Agia or, you know, um, some of uh, Amanda Boulier, who plays for PWHL Ottawa, is an incredible interview. She's so much fun to talk to. Like, they're just so it, – it's it would be silly to say that they're just so excited to be able to talk about their them themselves and the and – the, the teams or whatever, but they're, it's just, they're being so authentic mm-hmm. and they're just being themselves and they're just celebrating this incredible league. So I love that. That's absolutely a great point. Their personalities have already shone through in droves, if I may. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, that, and it's so much fun. Like the walk-ins, the, the pregame fits, like oh, yeah. all of that stuff, the, I'll still never get over the the three stars at the end of every game and how each team doesn't show the picture of, of a player from the other team. Like it's this stuff is hilarious. And there's it, it sports are supposed to be fun. And and you're right. Like with all due respect to the NHL, it can be really dry sometimes from a personality standpoint. And you don't get that with the PWHL. There's so much personality and they're having fun and they're encouraged to share their personalities and be themselves. Mm-hmm. That video of Emily Clark and Lexi Agia this week, like mm. it broke PWHL Ottawa fans. Like, like they <laughs> lost their minds because yeah. it was funny and it was amazing to see these like two adorable players who obviously get along really well, like mm-hmm. have this really cool moment. And, and like, you just don't see that in other sports and it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Emma Maltese as well. If you're yeah. going to follow yes. anyone on TikTok, let it be her. She's a riot. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. gold. Every time it's gold. It's gold. Mm-hmm. Every time. Um, so who, you know, we've we've kind of, uh, sp- we've highlighted some of the, the great athletes who are great on the ice, but we've spoken specifically about them off of the ice. But who are some of the standouts um, on the ice for you uh, so far this season? Oh, man. I mean, Vanessa, you want to go? Sorry, I'm. I sound like such a fangirl now. We can never let Lexi Aj hear this podcast because she's going to. No, she's going to like get a restraining order. But yeah. she, <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like to start the season with a point streak and to score in almost every single game so far. I think she's incredible. We we do talk very often about our PWHL Ottawa bias on the show. We do air in Toronto and Montreal as well. So I do feel bad every time we wax poetic about PWHL Ottawa. Um, but there are other great players on the other teams too, I guess. Um, Natalie Spooner is doing amazing. After like a bit of a slow start, she's doing yeah. great over in Toronto. MPP, like yeah. the best, the best in Montreal. Yeah, it's... It's just all good. Remember when MPP didn't score for the first two goals and like jokingly, we were kind of talking like, oh my God, will she ever <laughs> score again? And now she has uh, nine points in nine games and <laughs> in, in league scoring. Like she heard that for sure. Yeah, it's, it's been great to see Natalie Spooner have the success that she's had so far. Um, you know, returning after having a, a, a baby and, uh, you know, she's always been a player on Team Canada who I really loved watching. So I was really excited to watch her. And, and you're right, like she had a bit of a slow start and now she's just lighting it up. And whether it was the rivalry series or the PWHL, like she's just scoring nonstop right now, which is so much fun. Um, it's looking at Ottawa specifically because that's where we are. And the, those are the games that we're at. Like, yeah, Alexia Gia has been super fun to watch and, and just an, an electric personality, like we said um daryl watts as well like speed demon out there mm-hmm. uh she's been so much fun and uh i i've i'm a huge emirates mashmeyer fan and have been for a long time and, and i thought she's looked really good so far and you know ottawa's had a bit of trouble at times and and i i, I still believe very wholeheartedly that they are better than their record indicates mm-hmm. um i do think they'll find a way to get it done in overtime but uh, emirates mashmeyer has been a lot of fun to watch and and of course i mean how can you not love MPP? I, I can't, I cannot get behind cheering against her. I'm sorry, <laughs> PWHL Ottawa, but I can't do it. Um, every time we get to watch her, I'm just so grateful that we do. And, and, and she's like, to no one's surprise, she's absolutely lived up to expectations. So um, yeah, there's just, there, there's a lot. Grace Zumwickle as well has, has been amazing for Minnesota. Minnesota in general has just been so, so good. Um, and she's someone who I don't think I had my eye on coming into the season and maybe I should have, uh, but she's been really, really fun to watch. All right, so you uh, you kind of uh, tiptoed your way to the line, and I'm going to take us right over that line. Where um, you know, speaking specifically of um, of Ottawa, there we we are. There's a looming trade deadline, uh, so it's a little over a month away. Um, what do you th- what are you expecting from the trade deadline? Maybe we can talk as a league, but specifically for Ottawa. And what do you think might need to be tweaked? that the GM would um, uh, Hirschfeld might be looking at. Don't change anything. Just stay. As is. <laughs> that is actually <laughs> funny to say that because that was the resounding response on social media. Don't really? dare touch this team. People are tweeting at <laughs> no. him and saying, don't change anything. We'll figure it out. Even if we yes. lose, let's just keep everyone. We love everyone. <laughs> Please don't change anything. I think it's it like, not to sound like very like I love this team and but I do genuinely love this team. This team has only played eight games together as of this recording, anyways. Like eight games is not a lot of time to build complete chemistry. Like they're still they're still doing that. They're still in the process of that. And I know that trades are a natural part of, of any sport and it's gonna happen. 
but I I don't know. I feel like for the first season, I don't even really think that trades should be a thing. I feel like let's just like get I know they've already happened. We Michaela and I just recorded the show a couple hours ago and we were talking about the first one. But um but yeah, like let's just let's just be comfortable with what we've got right now and then we'll worry about trades next. Yeah, I'm with you. I have a, I'm a hoarder. I agree. And I don't like getting rid of things when they're mine. <laughs> I won't even show you the rest of my <laughs> apartment right now. Um, no, I don't. Just, like, keep keep what we got. Yeah. yeah I agree. Um, it, like, th- that's the thing. It's, it's, it's so early in the first season, right? Like, these players, like you said, have played eight games together. I think they deserve time to get stuff figured out. Mm-hmm. And, I, I again, despite Ottawa being last in the standings, the difference between 10 points at the bottom and 18 points at the top is not that much when you consider the fact that a win gets you three points. Like this is this point system is so different that I don't think also there's there's uh, three points or two two one point sorry separating fourth from sixth and like four points separating third like the, it's all very close in the standing. So mm-hmm. I'm not concerned necessarily about Ottawa's place in the standings. They only have two losses. Like it's really been overtime losses that have killed them. And I do think they're better than the record indicates. And we've seen it. We've seen them slowly get more shots on goal. It's it's a matter of time. And I and I do believe it's going to happen. And I think it's really easy to make up ground in this league when you have a point system that lays things out um, like they do, which I think is great. So, yeah, I, I hope I'm glad that to hear that most people are saying the same thing, because <laughs> I honestly I wouldn't suggest changing anything right now. I think you got to give these players time to gel you can tell personality wise they are i think it's just going to be a matter of time on the ice yeah i think uh ottawa fans are just so used to losing especially recently that they you know (laughs) whether it's the Sens or whether it's the red blacks or whatever Mm -hmm. um you know they're just so used to losing that they just like all right change everything gotta switch everything get rid of everything you know yeah Yeah, exactly exactly when really it's like the you know they've only played eight games, and before that they had never played together. Exactly. Like, like let's let's time. let's pause. We're gonna be okay. And so then it's just constantly like, like I just feel like on social media, it's you, you know the the people who are like everything's gonna be okay. It's just constant hugs to people on social media. Like it's gonna mm-hmm. be okay. It's, <laughs> it's gonna be fine. Everything's gonna work out. We've seen tremendous like of all the teams in the league. I would say. Now, obviously, might be a little biased because, you know, uh, being with PWHL Ottawa, but I would say their chemistry is, if it's not the best in the league, I would say it's top tier in this league. The way that they've come together, the way that the uh, both McLeod and Hirschfeld came together and figured out who they wanted, what their identity was, they've been able to instill that. It, It has nothing to do with chemistry. It's just about as McLeod has shared multiple times in, in post-game scrums is like, it's just the finishing, right? And it just needs a little bit of tweaking and it'll get there. And they've had, you know, they had the international break to work on those fundamentals. They didn't come, their first game back from the international break wasn't, you know, we don't have to spend much time on that game, but um, uh, you know, it, it, it's going to continue getting better and it's just a matter of time. And then they're going to, you know, you'll start seeing more Daryl Watts. You'll start seeing even more, you know, Emily Clark, you know, those, those finishers, um, you know, um, Rizova, Tejralova, like you're going to get all of these other players that are going to start, that are going to start really figuring out. I think it's a lot also to, to do with the physicality, right? A lot of these players 
they're not used to the physicality in this in women's hockey. So it's also a little bit about just adjusting to that and how they attack the zone, how they transition, all that sort of stuff. So I think everything's going to be fine. Is the message going to be okay? <laughs> everything's going to be okay, everyone. Everything's going to be okay. Um, so we're going to move into the last segment of the show. Once again, thank you so much. I'm so sorry this has taken uh, much of your afternoon. Um, but I appreciate this is a good way to spend the afternoon. Yeah, this absolutely. I love this. Straight <laughs> um, so I, this is now the game section, and I'm gonna. I'm Vanessa. I am so sorry. There is not necessarily a winner of this, but I could figure oh, it no. out. I could, I, if it would help you in this moment, I will declare a winner at the end. You play to win the game. That was yeah, my best. Yeah, exactly, best. Yeah. We, we don't mess around here, folks. We don't mess around. You if you ain't first, you're last. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this this has kind of become, uh, for whatever reason, I've be- made this a tradition on the show, where it's a it's a it's a game of twenty questions, but it's actually not twenty questions. It's actually like I don't know eight or nine or something like that. But twenty questions sounds a lot more profound. So we're gonna go with that. Um, so I'm going to, oh, it's a lot less than that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but we're going to get into that now. Are you two ready? So ready. Yes. So ready. ready. Yeah. Vanessa is very pumped right now. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I'm going to go, it only makes sense. Vanessa, you go first. Uh, if okay. you could only watch one sport for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? Oh my God. That's so mean. <laughs> I feel so good about that. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. I'm going to say, oh, I want to throw up. This question hurts my heart. Um, I love them all. I might say soccer. Okay. And why? And why? Because, because soccer is always on. There is always, there are like a million and a half divisions of soccer across the world. Just for volume sake, soccer. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Michaela looks like she's having a heart attack over here right now. I'm, I'm struggling so much. Like, I'm a hockey girl. Everyone knows I'm a hockey girl. I play hockey. Like, I live, eat, and breathe hockey. But I think I might have to say soccer as well. Partially for the reason that Vanessa mentioned. It's always on. There's so many different options, whether it's men's or women's. It's just mm-hmm. there's so many different trophies and leagues and, and tournaments and everything. And no matter what, you can always find soccer. It's also just like a constant game, right? There's no ad breaks except for halftime. And it, you're just watching a like constant flow of play. And there's so much drama in soccer. And, and we talk about this all the time in women's soccer. There's so much relationship drama, but there's off-field drama and on-field drama. And the players have such great personalities. It's, it's a really close call between soccer and hockey. But right now where I am, I might have to say soccer. Wow, not the answers I was expecting, but I love it. All right. I feel so bad about it. I'm going to. I know. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. I can tell. Um, if you, this is a little bit of an easier question. So I like to start off with the hardest question, I think, and then hopefully like, work our way up from there. Um, if you weren't in the media, what would you be doing? As a career, obviously. I know what I wouldn't be doing because we actually had this conversation yesterday. I would not be a sea captain. (laughs) (laughs) Really specific. (laughs) 
<laughs> so that was that was very specific, well, but I what appreciated would I it. Actually, be doing. Ooh. I love this. Uh, this is, might just be like wishful thinking, because again, I was very like like a solid C plus in almost every sport I played. But I would have loved to be a coach or of something Ooh. of hockey or or soccer, like just working in the oper the actual like. Um, like sports operation side of a sports team would be a lot of fun. Uh, fun fact: I was actually a, uh, I've been a head coach of a soccer team. It was no in way. it was in public school, so like there wasn't it wasn't anything intense, but I was. So uh, I'll That's still so, take that. That still on my resume. <laughs> I might come and pick your brain one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was, I didn't. I actually did really well, but it was just it was just luck. <laughs> good team. Good team. Yeah. 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 What would I do? I guess writer. I like to write. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we'll I was expecting you to say. Okay. 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 That's perfect. Good. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Um, just so you know, it's tied 1 1. Um, so. <laughs> Um, tied one one and we both had the same answer for the first question. i know yeah that's why it's, yeah. Uh, it's, my dog's making the rules so it's not it's not me. um he's actually voting right now um if you could have th- this is going to be totally random these next two questions are going to be totally random not media related nothing like that this is going to be totally random um if you could have dinner with a famous person living or dead, who would you choose? I feel like Christine Sinclair is going to be on that list. Vanessa, you want to go first? You want me to? Michael Bolton. Ah, there it is. (laughs) I'm not surprised at all. (laughs) I, I, in in my soul, was not ready for that answer. Okay. Vanessa is a massive Michael Bolton fan. Okay, I yeah. should have I should have put the the follow up being and why. So uh, you're a fan of Michael Bolton. Love him. Love well, him more than life itself. That's fair. Love him. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't blame me. <laughs> I just wasn't ready for that. Good thing I was sitting down. Oh, <laughs> um, oh a close second would be uh, Dolly Parton. Oh, Ooh. look at ah, she already she also brought props. Very good use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you always been a Michael Bolton fan? Since birth. And what was your, what's your favorite song? Um, uh, probably Steel Bars. I also love Soul Provider. Time Woman Hendricks as well. A lot more songs <laughs> than I know of his. Um, <laughs> um, Michaela, what about you? Uh, and I'm going to go real obvious on this one. I'm going to say Sue Bird because I'm a mm, massive Sue Bird fan. It won't come yeah. as a surprise to anybody. Uh, I've never interviewed her. She's like my holy grail of people I want to interview, but I would just love to pick her brain about, um, I think she, she came up in basketball in a really interesting time and she saw a lot of transition in basketball and I would just, I'd love to ask her a million questions and I love her so much. So super. And she would bring Megan Rapinoe along with her. That's, you know what? It's a package deal. I'm not complaining. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. That would be a Mm -hmm. fun dinner. <laughs> um so just so you know isaac has uh tabulated the votes and uh vanessa you're now two to one so yeah it was it was good it was good uh, it, i know it also yeah it, it also uh, caught me off guard um <laughs> i want to know and uh michaela will go with you first on this last question 
what's your favorite movie to watch that you could just watch over and over again? Oh, man. First one that comes to mind. I know know her answer. Can I answer for you, Michaela? Go for it. Okay, so Michaela's favorite movie is Kill Bill, but she believes that volume one and volume two go together as one movie, so you can't split them up, so it's Kill Bill. And then she gets like five hours out of it. That's very true. And it, it that was my that was my answer. I was gonna say Kill Bill's my favorite movie of all time. I could watch it over and over again. I never get bored. However, I'll throw as an honorable mention The Devil Wears Prada. Because I have watched that movie so many times. Keep in mind, I'm a millennial. So I remember the days of like W Network where they aired movies like on mm. Saturday mornings and Saturday nights and stuff. And I would just put whatever movie they had on. So I have seen that movie so many times because they used to air it nonstop. Love that movie so much. And I could I could watch it. It's my comfort movie. When I need a movie on that I've seen a million times, I go with the Devil Wears Prada. But yeah, Kill Bill would probably be my actual answer. Okay, fair. Vanessa? Uh, mine would be While You Were Sleeping. Sandra Bullock, mm. 90s. Mm. It doesn't get better. Oh. I've B. seen that movie more than 200 times. I could probably Ooh. do it in my sleep. Like well, you could do it while you were sleeping. <laughs> oh, there you. it is. That there was it is. good. Yeah, Do I get a point? Cool. Yeah, I yeah. Point now now I, I was really worried <laughs> this might end up in a tie. I should have done five questions. Um, because I think uh, it's it, ha- it we've tabulated the vote once again. Isaac we, has spoken. Tied. Yeah, Isaac we're has tied. spoken. So, uh, yeah, we're tied. But it was great. Great answers. Fantastic answers. Thank you. Great so, questions. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah hard hitting reporting over here. Um, <laughs> so, as we wrap things up today, I just again wanted to say a huge, huge thank you to both of you. I'm so thankful for the both of you to take time out of your schedule, hang out. Like I said earlier, chat. This has been so much fun. It's exactly this is what I was hoping it would be and so much more. I've really enjoyed this. And before I let you two go, I want to give you an opportunity to hype up She's Got Game. You want me to, like, go on, Michaela. All right. So you can find She's Got Game uh, across the TSN radio network and uh, wherever you get your podcasts. So whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you choose to listen to your podcasts, give us a follow, subscribe like and and rate the show very high please we really appreciate it and this week we are talking almost not almost exclusively but a lot about Caitlin Clark obviously <laughs> um so look forward to us just fangirling about Caitlin Clark for a solid hour and interviewing Diana Matheson oh yes we do touch on quite a bit of soccer I had to talk about my arsenal love mm-hmm. as well so soccer basketball hockey we talk about hockey this week there's diversity yeah, there's everything more range mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so I just want to quickly revisit the scoring sheet for just one second and just say I may actually have to give an extra point to Vanessa because I feel like she just channeled her inner Michael Bolton uh, there for just a moment (laughs) and provided an incredible uh, background audio for your little... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, in this case... I can't compete with beatboxing. No, I know. And it was... (laughs) Neither can I. Someone practicing, so... All right, and there you have it, folks. For Michaela Schreider and Vanessa Sanchez, I'm Chris Sinclair, and this has been 
the Rinkside Rundown Podcast. Cheers. <laughs>